for a number of people. Uh, Ms. Gilda, I'm not, I'm not saying that I knew your name before. started already having the party in the desert in the place where God is calling us it's a desert place but in the desert we can still have a party Amam you are here will be praying for everybody. But I believe in what we call the day before tomorrow. Except two of these, uh, these things are coming from the Lord. But as I was sitting here, the Lord started speaking to me about some particular things. Going to be how the Lord 
going to have a party. A party in the desert place.
of the Lord is bringing salvation. Man in glass, I'll be praying with you. Not now, I'll be praying with you. But come, let me whisper something into your ears. I feel like start. Um, I feel like starting to pray for everybody. But you see, you have to understand the message. Because when you understand the message, you will be able to enjoy the party in the desert. Which of you? will not throw away an invitation to a party if the venue is a desert place. Which of you wouldn't do that? If you get a party invitation and they say they are going to have the party in a parched land, in the wilderness, which of you will not throw the card away? All of us, right? Yeah. But you cannot throw away the invitation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I just want to give you an admonishment. This message can change your life and it can change it permanently. So, if you are afraid of change, then uh, don't close the door. The door is behind you. You can walk through. Because if you sit through this message, there will be a change, and the change is going to be permanent. Because how the Lord is going to work in your spirit, you cannot enter into your spirit to extract it. Father, this is your people. They are chosen people ordained to be here. They are people who are precious in your sight. You have ordained this day to show them your love. 
you have ordained this way, this day, so that your word will reign over their lives. You have ordained this day so that you lift them from the ashes and place them in princely places. Thank you, Lord, that you have sufficient for every person. We have three words. A desert, a desert, and desert. A desert, desert as in the thing children like. Sometimes they ask their children to eat. They say they will eat. And there's a man who say, if you don't eat, you don't get a dessert. Have you attended a party where the dessert is not served? What, at what point of the party is the dessert served? Is it the start or at the end? If you don't go through your, the desert in your life, you not get the desert. In between the desert, you can be deserted, which means forsaken. That is the process in life. That is the process in life. You might find yourself in the desert place, and in the desert place, you feel deserted. But when you come through the desert, the, the desert will be waiting for you. I didn't hear the amen. So here is a party. Whatever you want to drink, whatever you want to eat, and the dessert would come after the party. If you can stay through the desert, if you can overcome the desert, then you can come to the place of the party. When the Lord spoke to the people of Israel, he said he was taking them to a place, a land of milk and of honey. But he also told them that that land is a desert place. This is a divine contradiction. How can a desert place produce milk and then honey? Unless it is God. But I want you to say, I want you to say that unless it is my God. Unless it is my God. He is the one who throws parties in the desert and gives me the best. Today, I receive the best from the Lord, even though I might find myself in a desert place. God has done it. You need these five things 
to be able to come out of a desert. You need the word of God. You need the promises of God. You need any prophecy that is upon your life. Every prophecy that you're going to receive here, everything that was spoken upon your life, you need that. The time of tears are gone. Above all, you need the church to be praying for you. And this is what the Lord explained to me. You remember, one of these days, we'll learn that we should pray for one another, right? Good. It's just like carrying one another's burden. Carrying one another's burden. So if you are here, and you promise to pray with somebody in the desert, and you throw that prayer away, or you don't pray, then you are prolonging the stay of the person in the desert. So if you are committed to praying for somebody, then you are bringing the person out of the desert place. So here is the desert. The desert is, I'm using Pastor's big word, encompassed. Is there another big word? The desert is encompassed, surrounded, or hemmed in. I'm learning to speak like, like your pastor. Surrounded, encompassed, hemmed in. So we have the promises of God, the word of God, and the uh, prophecies of God. With the saints praying. Now as they pray, and as you hold on to the promise of God, as you hold on to the prophecies of God, the desert will be shrinking. And one day you turn back, and then the desert will no longer be there. Want to learn about some secrets about the desert? It's, it's something God wants to share with you. He wants to share that secret with you. So let's look at some of the secrets. Do you know that the earth that we are on? It's a desert. It's a desert. Because in heaven, there is no desert. At the start of the creation, and as we continue, we saw the story of Adam and Eve. And they sinned, and the, the whole earth was cursed. And it was cursed to begin to produce thorns and thistles. Now, here is the revelation. When Jesus came, he gave the opportunity for man to be created again. But the earth remained as it was. Is somebody with me? Do you understand it? 
Man became, if you believed in Christ, who was coming from heaven, you became a new creation. But the old earth is still there because the Bible says a new earth will be what? Will be created. So until the new comes, the old is still old. But Jesus had his own desert experience. He had his own desert experience. And because he's the altar and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith, we should also have to do what he did and follow uh, where he, he walked. Now, what is the first desert experience of Jesus? Remember, I told you about desert, I told you about being deserted, and I told you about desert. We are all waiting for that, right? Uh So the first thing that happened was that when Jesus was born, he was placed in a desert. He was placed in a manger. And there we had the grass. He was taken away from where human beings deserve to live. There were good and expensive hotels there, but he was cast away. He was forsaken. He was slighted. He was put in a corner. Have you ever been slighted? Have you been put in corner? Have you been treated like animal? Jesus passed through that. As if that was not enough the parents have to take him to Egypt he was uprooted from his family do you sometimes feel uprooted from from where you belong do you feel that Jesus has suffered that for you as if that was not enough When he grew up, Holy Spirit said, you are old enough to face Satan. And do you know where the the encounter took place? The fight took place in the desert. In back home, they say two troubles, one God. How do you, if you are facing the devil in the city... There are so many hiding places, right? But if you face the devil in the desert, there is no hiding place. But do you know, when he was going into the desert, there were wild animals there. What Jesus used to defeat the enemy was the prophecy on his life and then the word of God. I cannot express more and more how important the word of God is and the promises of God and the prophecy of God. All these things work under the canopy of my big brother and his name is Holy Spirit. You don't need the word alone. You don't need the promises of God alone. You don't need the prophecies alone alone, but you need the Holy Spirit. 
you need the Holy Spirit. As if that was not enough, Jesus had the experience of having a lot of people follow him. The people followed him and one day he said, I am bringing you hard teachings. He says, we have come this far, but there is more to go. Have you sometimes been discouraged by the church? The church asking you to do certain things and you think that it is too much? We've all gone through that. But then would you prefer to remain in the desert or go through the desert? He turned around, he asked the disciples and they said, this teaching is hard. We are going to desert you. So Jesus was deserted and he remained in the desert. As if that, is, that was not enough, he trusted some people. He trusted all his disciples, but most importantly, he had Peter, James, and John. Have you had friends who have disappointed you? In the day of your trouble, have you relied on some people who have disappointed you and have forsaken you? Jesus had that experience. And he had that experience for you and for me. He invited them. I'm putting this story before, before I come back. He invited them to pray with him because he was going through difficult situation. I told you that to come out of the desert, you need people who are praying with you and for you. These top people, Peter, James, and John, were left a stone's throw so that they would pray with Jesus Christ. Do you know what happened? They were snoring. They were not. If you don't sleep, you will not snore, right? So if I say they were snoring, it means that they were in deep sleep. Jesus turned around and he said, so couldn't you stay with me even for one hour? Good friends can confess for a period of one hour. Good friends can confess for a period of one hour. Bad friends are not able to do that. But what do friends talk about that it takes one hour? They share themselves. They giggle. They laugh. They make fun of themselves. And they have a happy meeting. But the friends of Jesus broke his heart. Do you have a friend who has broken your heart? Do you have a husband, a wife, 
a co-worker or anybody in your circle who has broken your heart. The heart of Jesus. The Bible says he will make sin so that we will become the righteousness of God. Jesus has taken the, your broken heart, your disappointment on him. He remained in the desert so that you will remain in the city. When he was about to be crucified, he prophesied. Some of us in life, we have received the prophecy of God. And the prophecy is, is about God's mind for tomorrow. But yes, sir, we don't bother. We don't care. Peter and the disciples told Jesus, here is the prophecy. We are going to hold it on to it. But when the time came, we don't know what happened. Is it the prophecy that was thrown away or Peter and the disciples that ran away? Whatever God has said concerning your life will come to pass. But the question is, would you have faith to remain where God wants you to be in his weight? So the disciples ran away. He was left in the desert. Let's add to parts of eight. And then we'll move from Jesus' story. When he was caught, he was laid on the cross. The cross represents our most serious point of trouble in life. Do you want to go there alone? Often you don't want to go out there alone. You want to go with a friend. But ordinary friends, they forsake you. Because sometimes they are confused that if they don't run away and Jesus runs away, you would have to be on the cross. Sometimes this is how we think. So we run away. We run away from the cross. But do you know that it is only at that point that Jesus said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? At that place, Jesus was on the desert because he had been deserted. He had been deserted. As if that was not enough, he was placed in a tomb. He was left in the dark. Do you know, he was left there for you and for me. Jesus was left in the tomb, forsaken. You remember how he was born, how he was placed in a manger, and when he was dying, he was also placed in the tomb. The life of Jesus was a life of desert. And he lived that desert experience for you and for me. 
so that you and I don't have to live that kind of experience. So that you and I would have the, the knowledge and the instruments that we need so that we will overcome the desert. Let's go to Hosea chapter 4, chapter 2. Hosea chapter 2, 14 and 15. Can somebody read for us? And you understand how parties are made in the desert. Hosea chapter 2, 12, 4, 12 13, 14, and 15. You can go straight to 14 and 15 to shorten it. It's somebody there. For the first time, Judy, you are not there. Hosea. Uh-huh. Let's have it. It's here. It's there. 14 to 15. Is, does it talk about the valley of Akko? You have it there? Uh-huh. Please listen. Don't worry. Listen. Of hope. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. It's okay. The young girls don't listen to what we are saying, the next one. Uh, the young boys don't listen to what we are going to say. God brings you to the desert to romance you. That you understand. Yes. So now you can open your eyes. You can Open your ears. God brings you to the place of desert to speak what? Softly to you. One on one basis. Do you know when you are in trouble, you search for God with all your heart, right? And at that time, you are ready to listen to God, right? God is not interested in you being in trouble. But when he's speaking to you in the time of trouble, he wants to assure you, he wants to reveal himself to you, he wants for the first time for you to pay attention, to get the, 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 the tuning of his voice. And he says, he will speak tenderly to you. Young girls, don't mind the the tender voices of these young boys, they can't take you anywhere. They can't take you anywhere. When they grow, their voices will change. The same things that they said, after some time, they will swear that they didn't say it. But you can trust God. You can trust 
the voice of God. In the desert, God is inviting you. Now, look at, look at the word that is there. He says he will know you or he says he will allure you. The lawing begins with soft and, how do you call, firm, decisive uh, office. And then you come to the desert. The valley of alcohol is a place of hopelessness. But God is saying that he will turn your desert from a place of hopelessness and give you a door of what? Of hope. Would you receive it? Do you receive it? Gilda, are you receiving it? Yes. The valley of alcohol, those places, when people are, are, are passing through the valley, they are cheerful. They cry with pain. But the Bible says, those who are watching and looking up to God, when they are walking through that desert, they turn that place to a place of pool of water. Your desert will be turned to a place of water. Do you know why? The significant definition of a desert is a place where water is what? Scarce or none what? Existing. But God will turn your desert into a place of springs. In the desert, there is no hope. But he says he is going to turn the valley of alcohol into a door of hope. It's the same valley. Nothing is going to change except that the Lord is going to make a room for you. Oh, God. Jesus and his disciples were tired. But do you know where they went? They went to have a rest in the desert. Who would go for a rest in the desert? When Jesus is in the boat with you, you will not be what? Afraid. When Jesus is in the desert, the desert is not a desert. The desert is a good place when the Lord is with you. Let me talk about the story of Jacob in Genesis 28. Jacob was blessed by Isaac. Isaac was carrying the promises of the father. They were prophetic promises. When Jacob was blessed and he was going, he went only with the prophetic promise of God. How many of them? One. You have more than one prophetic promise. 
So if you know how to manage it, that will be sufficient for us. Jacob went and the Bible says that he got to a place in the desert and it was night. It was not only in the desert, it was also what? Night. It was not only in the desert, but it was a night in the desert. And in the desert, we have strange and wild and poisonous animals. So would you sleep standing or you sleep somersaulting until the day breaks? Have you slept in a place you didn't feel secure? How did you sleep? With one eye open or standing on one leg or what? But Jacob did not sleep in the desert on a vono mattress or a soft mattress or a feather pillow. He slept on a stone. I'll call it third degree desert. The first degree is an ordinary desert. The second is what? In the night. And the third was that for a pillow, he had a stone. Have you come to a place where you have been thinking that your head felt like splitting? Have you come to a time where your life is said that you are thinking and sometimes when it happens, when you are even going out, you kick yourself against the door. You haven't had that kind of experience? Where you, you lose your surroundings, you don't even know where you are, and God forbid, if you are driving, it's going to be serious. But that is the situation of Jacob. And you know, when he was sleeping, God stood up and showed him himself. There was a ladder. The ladder was not from heaven. The ladder was from earth to heaven. And the angels were going up and they were coming down. The angels, let me ask some, they were asking Jacob, what has happened? He said, I ran away. He said, what do you have? He says, I have only the word of God. He said, if you have the word of God, then God is with you. Do you have the word of God? Then God is with you. Because God watches over his word to bring about performance. And God told Jacob, he said, I am your God. Uh, the promise that I gave to your grandpa Abraham, I am going to fulfill it. And the Bible said, oh God, this is what I like most. He said, Jacob woke up. And he said, this place is awesome. God, I pray that your awesomeness be revealed in this meeting. When, when you have the God presence, the awesomeness of God is with you. 
soundness of God is not with the pastor or with an elder, with somebody. The awesomeness of God can be with you. If you understand the presence of God. If you remember to walk always in the presence of God. Sometimes I, I like uh, talking about some personal experiences. One day I was the priest, I was the I was one of the uh, officers in an office and then we negotiate a contract for, with the security people. They were not happy. So sometimes when I'm coming, they will not open the gate in time, blah, 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 blah. And then they sent a delegation to my office. According to the person who came to my office, he said he opened the door and he saw a flame of fire around me. So he told the people I wasn't there. But it was one day when I was being moved from Accra to Zaire at that time that this guy came and gave that testimony. The presence of God I've taught young children and I, I've taught them if you come if you come close to them whether with a helicopter or a Benz they know how to put their feet down and the glory of God will surround them and if you don't go in time Something will happen to you and your car. We carry the glory of God. Do you know where the Holy Spirit lives? Where does he live? In us. Unless when we are going out, we will lock him in the wardrobe. And we go. If you go alone, you are going with the arm of what? Of flesh. And the glory of God will not show up. The Bible says Christ in us is the hope glory. We have to understand these scriptures and walk in them. When we walk in them, the people who don't know God will know God. And they will give glory to him. We talk about Jacob. Let's move on. One day Jesus invited people or the people invited themselves to where he was training people. And there were about 5,000 of them there. They stayed there. It's not this time you come to church one and a half hours and you want to go home. They stayed there from morning to evening. I've told the people in Ghana, I said, one day I'll start church service on Thursday. I'll continue to Sunday. So you go home, those who want to go home, they will go, they will come. Those who want to stay, they will stay. And I tell you, after those three days, when they are going out, the glory of God will be upon them because they would have received enough. But if you also take your notes and when you go home, you don't throw your notes away and you meditate upon your notes, the same glory will be your portion. So in the desert, the Bible says, I'll not give you all the story, the 5,000 and more people, they ate. And there was what? Remaining of what? 12 baskets. 
who can have such a party in a desert? Starting from two loaves of bread and five pieces of fish. Who can do that? If he did it for them, can he do it for you? Oh, God. If he did it for them, he can do it for you. Let me add the story of Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. Isaac was about to go to a certain place. He thought that Ramsgate is a poor place. There is nothing in Ramsgate I have to go to London. The most important thing is not where you are, but where God is with you. It's not where you are, but where God is with you, or whether God is with you. So Isaac stayed there. He was about to go to London, and God said, stay in Ramsgate. Stay in Kent. Stay in uh, Brewster. Stay in where again? Margate. Stay in where again? Pardon? Okay. Stay in this environment. Because I, God, I have given you a promise and I will honor it. The most important thing is the word of God. The promise of God. The prophecy of God and the spirit of God. Sometimes I like to do that. So let's do it. Do like this. Begin. I need a word of God. Did we start? Did we all of us start at the same time? No, let's start all the same time. I need a word of God. I need the promises of God. I need what again? I need the prophecies of God. What do I need again? The prayer of the saints. The last one, if you get it clear for yourself. What do you need again? Holy Spirit. So let's read for the last time. I need what? What again? What again? What again? And finally, hallelujah, clap for yourselves. So, am I proving to you that God can throw a party in the desert? Am I pr proving to you? Do you want two more? So let me show you two more. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God, God reminds the Israelites, young man, come. I'm not going to show you. We are just going to do a demonstration. Uh, 
you are a man to another. Yeah, come. Come, come, come. Another man. Yeah, sit, please. Colin, please come. Stand here. The youngest, okay, you here. You here and Colin here. I think you can. I'm giving you the story. Eh? These days, I want people to read chapters. Now, when the Israelites were going through the desert, let's say this was a young man. The Bible says that their dress grew with them. Their shoes grew with them. So when, when Colin entered the desert, he was like this. After 10 years, you can go. He became this man. And do you know what was strange? They were in fashion. After 10 years, the fashion has changed, but they were in fashion. Every, everything about this young man has changed. But it didn't change just to be a kind of bulla side, but the Israelites were in fashion. The shoes, maybe from size 7 to size 9, it was there. The coat in those times, maybe it was silk. Now, I don't know this one, but it was the latest. Thank you, my brother. So when he got, they got to about 60 years, he is a rich person. He chooses what he wears. It is not because uh, he was old. At 60 years, the dress, the clothes, everything the same. God bless you. As if that was not enough, he gave them the same food the angels were eating. Oh, God is a wonderful God. He is a mighty God. So in the desert place, he is God. I won't talk about Moses, but I want to talk about Job. Job was deserted by the wife. Deserted by the friends. He had factories. He had the latest type of cars. He had malls, supermarkets. He had universities. He was the richest man there. But one day, what was left with Job was his shorts and his skin. He was deserted by the friends and he was deserted by his world. I pray nobody goes to that place. But do you know how Job came out? He said, even though I have been forsaken, I know that my Redeemer lives. But here's the correction that I want to give to you. Job 
utilized the size of a knowledge he knew about God. He used the type of faith he knew about God. The Bible says, if even your faith is small like the seed of a mustard, use it. Where have you hidden your faith? You are looking at the troubles. You are looking at the wild animals that you've forgotten that you have faith. That is what the Bible says. Don't throw away your faith because it has got what? Great recompense. What the devil wants you to do is to throw your faith away. And you throw the word of God away. You throw the promises of God away. You throw everything away. And the devil says, now it's me and you. Oh, who will help you? You know what the bullies do, bullies, bullies do in school? They will corner you somewhere and then it's you and the bully. What do you do? You surrender. Good. David, let's go to Job chapter 42. That is for your sake. In Job 42, Job says that I was saying things I did not know about God. Just one to five would be okay. But we are not reading it. I'm just going to give it to you. You see, when we come to the place of pain, like Job came to, he cursed the day he was born. Excuse me to say, some of us are cursing ourselves because we are coming from a certain country. Some of us are cursing ourselves because we are coming from a certain home. Oh, there is a, how do you call a WhatsApp video going on. The child is saying, uh, <laughs> how did you be, become my parent? If I was given a choice, I would have chosen somebody else. But that choice was made for you by God, and it is good. Do you know why you come from a certain country? Do you want to know? Go to Acts chapter 17, verse 24. And let's look at it. If London is in the Bible, Ramsgate is also in the Bible. The most important thing is where God places you for a, a particular period. Are you there? Can you read it with a firm voice? Continue. Can you read that portion? Okay, I want to say so that we I'm not changing the Bible but I'm bringing a meaning to it. Can you, can you read it? Uh-huh. Okay. 
Amen. God deliberately, you are from which country? Cyril. God deliberately make you, made you come from Cyril. You from Nigeria. Is it Uganda or Kenya? Uh, you from UK. You from where? Ghana. You from Nigeria. UK. Uganda. Zimbabwe. Wells. But he said he made us from one person. And he placed us in different locations. And what is the purpose for us to what? Seek him. So don't struggle with your nationality or your nation or anything. Some people make the mistake of cursing themselves. But let's go to 42, uh, 1 to 5, and let's see what Job said. I'm saving some time. Let's go on. Can you read for us? 42, 1 to 5. Job 42, 1 to 5. Mm-hmm. Oh, Job is saying, I know that you can do what? All things. Go on. The purpose of God for us is to overcome the desert. Continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. We have known God from afar, but now we see him. When we are in the desert, we speak and curse and we whine and we do all sorts of things. Now God is going to ask you the question. He sits with us and says, when you were in the desert, did you go and get any tailor to sew your suit? No, God. Did you ever get hungry? No, God. When you wanted water, did you get water? Yes, God. Then God says, so what is your question? He says, God, I am sorry. Somebody has to say sorry to God. Somebody has to say sorry to God. There is a place in the Bible called Elam. It's a place the Israelites were going and they got there and they didn't get shade. They didn't get water. They didn't get what they need to rest. When they got there, they were coming from a place called Mara, a bitter place. And that bitter place is like a desert. Have you had bitterness in your life? Like that of Jesus. He took our Mara and he turned it into our element. At that place, 
there were springs. There were 70 palm trees. God is bringing you to that place where there will be enough and overflowing water for your life. A place, the Bible says, it says the sun will not smite you by day or the moon by the night because the Lord is your shield. He is your shield. Yeah, we have the then and the now. In the then, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. But even in that time, he did not abandon us. You say, why should I have a party in the desert? God says, eat because I'm standing by you. God was standing with the Israelites. He said, eat. I am standing. And the devil will, will be there and say, you are fortunate. If I had not been God, look at what I'm going to do to you. Then you'll be chewing it. Slowly. Slowly. And the devil will say, I'm going. Maybe when I come back, God is not there. God says, I don't move. Look at God. He says, I don't sleep and I don't what? Slumber. So what does he do? It's those who slumber, who sleep, right? But God says, I don't do any of these things. I keep watch over my word. So the promises that God has given us, he's watching over those promises to come to pass. So the glory in your life will be seen. But now God lives in us. Before he was with us. But now he lives in us. Does it make a difference? He, it makes a difference. Then he walked with them. But now he works and walks through us and in us. If you can get that kind of understanding, it will make the difference between the then and now. Because he lives in us, wherever, I don't know whatever he goes, we go, or whatever, wherever he goes, we go. But whether he goes and we go, or we go and he's, he goes, he is what? In us. Forget about the grammar. The most important thing is that God is in you. I like this. Isaiah 32, 11 to 15. Because we are getting to uh, the end of it. In Isaiah uh, how do you call it? 32, 15, 11 to 15, it talks about the desert changing place. He, he talks about the growth until there's a full vegetation. But the cause of this growth is the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord causes this kind of growth. 
So if you don't have the spirit of the Lord, you don't have the water of God in you. And if you don't have the water of God in you, you are living in a land thirsty of water. You are living in a land thirsty of water. The other thing you have to know is that the desert is not a permanent situation. It is a temporary situation. Because when God shows up, that desert will what? Will change. And the other thing is that you are not going to make your habitation in the desert. Because God is going to make his habitation in us. And when God makes his habitation in us, that is the end of the desert. That is the end of the desert. When you are looking for desert, you will not see where it passed. You pass again and you say, ah, where is the desert? Where is the desert? He, he says, he turned my morning into what? Into, into what? Dancing. Into dancing. He turned my morning into dancing. So let me talk a little bit about Hagar. God told Abraham that he is going to teach his household because they are going to be great people. So he revealed his mind to Abraham so that Abraham would teach his people. And I told you that the revealing of God's mind to you is a prophecy. There was a young lady. He was called Hagar or Hagar. I don't know the British people. How you say it? How do you say it? Hagar. Good. He was in the church of Abraham. She came on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. She was there. But in life, she got to a place. She met her desert and she forgot about God. May you not forget about your God when you get to the desert. And she said, I am going to die. My baby is also going to die. And God said, And the angel said, what are you doing here? I said, my baby is going to die. I said, what is your problem? There is water in the desert. The water was not sent from heaven. The water has always been there. Your promise is your water. Your, your prophecy is your water. The word of God is your water. And it should always with you. So let's go to the last few slides. And, uh, so I want to emphasize this again. This is what you need to come out of the desert. When Jesus was put in the tomb, it was a desert. You'll be placed in the desert. 
But because Jesus came out of the tomb, which was a type of a desert, you and I would also come out of our tomb. Nobody will be left in the tomb. Nobody will be left in the tomb. We would all come out of our desert. And do you know what Jesus did? He fixed his eyes on the joy of him coming out of the desert. And everything that was holding on to And when Jesus came out, the Holy Spirit was poured upon us. And the Holy Spirit is God's living water in us. And the Holy Spirit will continue to give us that water which will never cease and make us what? Thirsty. He is in us. He would always be in us. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. God has given us his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit continues to pour water in our lives. The water is the word of God. The water is the promise of God. The water is the prophecy of God. Where there is water, there is life. And where there is water, the desert cannot continuously be dead. Our spirit of the living God, we are ready. Can we stand? We are ready. Each person's desert is different. Each person's desert is different. But there is only the same solution that the Holy Spirit offers. He offers his word. He offers his promises. He offers prophecies. He encourages the saints to pray according to the Spirit. And when we do that, there will be no desert places in our lives. We have about 10 minutes. We have prayed for some people. So if, if you can come here, if we have not prayed for you, just fall out. We'll come. We'll lay our hands on you and uh, We'll leave the rest to the Holy Spirit. If we have not prayed for you, just step here. Come in a certain order. Come in a certain order. And then 